Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and here it is, the night of the 2020 NFL Draft. I'm joined by the Tripod. We are intact. The three members, myself, Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston. Uh, Hoss, I, I see you've got the draft on in the background. Uh, it's, yep. it's just got to feel good to have something sports-related that we can't, you know, it, it's just a look. It's a fraction, you know. We 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 should be knee deep into the Stanley Cup uh, playoff. Uh, baseball uh, is, you know, in its, you know, the the new season is in its infancy. Uh, the NBA, if you watch the NBA, is NBAing, uh, but no, nothing's happening. But we're getting in in much a similar technology uh, as our conversation tonight. We're getting the 2020 NFL Draft. Like I said, it's just got to feel good to have a little tidbit, a, li- a little a little snack. Oh, it feels, it feels great up until Trey Wingo had to mention about Scott Frost. I mean, yeah, it's great to have some semblance of football. Uh, we, we had a big uh, lap uh, gap in, in connection on my side. Can you repeat your uh, response, please, sir? Oh, yeah. I was just saying it's, it was great. To, it's great to have football. You know, in some semblance tonight, until Trey Wingo had to mention the uh, Scott Frost not offering Joe Burrow, yeah, when he's transferring to LSU, and you know we've heard that what about twelve hundred times since last November. So that talking points a little bit. And and John, you know, I I believe that you know Wingo said something like, uh, uh, you know, Frost had said, "Well, is he he better than what we have?" Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, that's just look. Uh, and you've you made a point, but at the t- of, at the time we didn't know that. No, and that's the thing. And oh, and, come on, this is bullshit anyway. He probably wasn't better than what we had. Adrian Martinez. He was surrounded by a damn good team. He had shit tons of athletes. Had a magical season. He had an offensive coordinator who knew what he was doing and what he had. So fuck this shit that he was better than Adrian well, Martinez. And no, here's the thing: we would have squandered him if he would have come to Nebraska either. In 2014 or in May of 2018, we would have squandered him, and he would be right now getting ready to go work at Enterprise Rent-A-Car rather than being drafted first overall in the NFL. Heisman winner, uh, you know, uh, college football playoff champion. Uh, and, and that's the thing that's important, too, is, look, if you look at, you know, the numbers out of high school, um, and Adrian Martinez, of course, didn't even have a senior year, uh, but Joe Burrow... I mean, I don't know numbers out of high school, but you know, you've you've got to have Scott Frost has got to be confident in in the guys he has, you know, on his team, and yeah, there's. I hate to say it because you know I I'm as homer as they come, but Nebraska's offensive line, Nebraska's team was not LSU of 2019. Uh, there's a good chance that Joe Burrow doesn't survive the you know his two years at Nebraska if he's you know in, in that backfield. Because we had a lot of inconsistency on the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. Take take a look. I mean, look the the history books are are going to be what they are, and yeah, that's going to be something that everybody from you know now till the end of time can come back and you know say about Frost. But I honestly think that uh, Scott Frost should have sent uh, Joe Burrow a text message Thursday night and said, "You're welcome." The best thing that he could have yeah. ever done for Joe Burrow was say, "Sorry, man, can't use you." And I think, I think it all goes back to in 2018 when Frost is walking into his first season here, dealing with a locker room that was already deeply fractured and divided. You're already bringing in, you know, the quarterback you recruited, in Adrian Martinez, and then to bring in a hired gun transfer. And even though I don't mean hired gun, saying he has no loyalty. I mean the kids wanted to go to Nebraska since you know he could walk, but that could have divided the locker room even. Uh, more deeply so you know the devil you know is better than the one you don't let's 
turn back the clock. I, I'll pose it to both of you, but we'll start with you, John. What? And and Haas, you kind of made the point that you know if if it's twenty, would you say sixteen? Uh, in in twenty eighteen, or when he was coming out of high school? Yeah, uh, twenty fourteen. Okay, so it's twenty fourteen, uh, and you know, so that's what the first year of Mike Riley, I believe. 14, 15, yeah, 16. for twenty. Yeah, well, his senior in high school is twenty fourteen, but he's part of the twenty fifteen. Okay, class. So, so that would have been, been a true Pol- freshman in Riley's. And, and which would have been Pelini, Bo Pelini's, you know, well, I guess he was gone. He wasn't really doing any recruiting, but you know, anything in season. But so, he was the first to not offer Joe Burrow. So I mean, it's not you can't pin it on Scott Frost for two other coaches taking a pass on him, you know, because nobody knows. You know how how many how many prospects out of high school, you know, are the top, and they go on to be the top all through their college career, win the Heisman, and you know, go out on top. It just it's it doesn't happen like that. You don't know that Joe Burrow was that you know that much of a can't miss kid in 2014. Go as far as say this in 2018, he didn't look like that. I you know. I was watching the LSU at Texas A&M game that year, the one that went to seven overtimes, and he wasn't that impressive. He wasn't that good. He was a good game manager. Um, LSU's offense is pretty damn unimaginative, but other than that, nothing, nothing about the way he played made you think, God, this kid's going to win a Heisman with one of the greatest statistical seasons ever next year, win a national championship, and go first overall in the draft. I mean. I think anyone who said that they thought that would be a liar. Yeah, we're this. Let's face the facts. We're pinning this on Scott Frost because it sells airtime. Yeah, that's it. Well, and, and, he, he, we're not going to bring up Mike Riley because Mike Riley is some has been son he, of a bitch. Riley did try Scott to Frost. salvage it though. He did offer Burrow in January of fifteen, trying to salvage it. By the way, you didn't ask me about sports. Right, right now, I think, this, I, I think watching the NFL draft is like uh, the most desperate thing you can do. Okay, it's not the most de- – in sports, it's seriously, watching the NFL draft. No, that would be playing fantasy sports. <laughs> but, you know, what disappoints me most about right now is I at least wanted three or four firewheel bolt comments on our website, and I didn't get a single fucking one this season. <laughs> Well, this because there was back there gone. I mean, you guys, you guys talk about pro sports. I really was looking forward to this Nebraska baseball season, but let's move on. Bryant Gumble voice. Let's move. Well, John, let's let's spend a few minutes talking about the three week baseball season that Nebraska had. Okay, they won some games. John, they how lost long some do games. Will Bolts go last year? The rest of his career. Do you think he's going to win a College World Series? Oh, probably not. That's an unbelievably difficult task. Do you think he's going to win a Super Regional? Yeah, I do. Okay. Why not? Do you think That's Fred Hoiberg's going to lead Nebraska to winning uh, one damn game in the NCAA tournament eventually? Oh, yeah. Well, I think Derry, I mean, we talked about Scott Frost going to win a national championship. I think that's a really difficult task, too. No. Uh, put, let's, let's put it this way. I mean, let's look at the sports that are – I mean, it's, it's kind of incredible the differences in sports and what you consider success, right? Well, like, if, if Nebraska football is pinnacle, the only thing that we ever got back to is what we were in the 80s as a part of the tortured soul generation that was too young to remember the nineties and has known nothing but heartbreak and just mediocre and just flat out bad football. I would take what we were in the 1980s. A heartbeat. Oh, that's true. But what yeah. I'm saying is this, like in college football, uh, you know, you're a successful coach for, for the top teams. If you win a national championship, right. Mm-hmm. In well, basketball, you would be considered, one of the best coaches in the nation if you get into the Elite Eight or the Final Four. In volleyball, it's the Final Four. Uh, and I'm not even talking about, 
team expectations like Purdue, what's their best thing? I'm talking about the differences between sports sure. where you think success is. So I think most Nebraska fans would look at baseball, and there's a lot of them that would think that, well, the College World Series is in Omaha, so we should be there uh, more than we ever have, and that's really dumb. Uh, I, baseball is a difficult sport for a cold-weather team, especially when – you know, even our best players go down to play in the SEC sometimes. There's nothing that's going to ever stop that. Unless, you know, maybe maybe this whole uh, virus thing changes sports forever and all the seasons are mixed around. Who knows? Oh, nothing like a balmy mid-April Saturday in Nebraska versus Iowa. College yeah. football. Yeah, or how about, how about uh, Nebraska versus Minnesota in baseball in, like, uh, September? <laughs> uh, well, weather could go either way up in Minneapolis. Right. And in Nebraska, it can be 90 or it can be 40 in September. I don't know how we got on hey, that. John, can I ask you a question? You can. Are you in a different – are you recording in a different room? Ah, uh, see, I knew it. No. No. <laughs> what, what's so di- – like, your setup, it, was, He's, it looked like you were in a bathroom. All right, time. so uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it because we had this conversation before you uh, jumped on the line. Is, there you go. Okay. You had to move the other laptop, right, John? Yeah, he's he's got two laptops. Move the other laptop because my I have two. I actually have four laptops because you know I'm a prepared person. It, uh, I have two MacBook Pros. One of them is currently displaying the in it <laughs> the NFL draft. And uh, the other one is that I'm doing this podcast with on Zoom. All right. Multitasking. I'm sure the ghost of Steve Jobs loves how much money you spend. I'm sorry. Uh, Desmond Howard keeps switching up the albums that are behind him <laughs> at home. What's, and now he's. What album does he have up there? God. The Jimi Hendrix experience. Hey, they picked a Nebraska player. Really? Oh, You're no. trying to get me to no, turn around. Great. Come on, Jesus. Well, we we had a big uh, again. We had a big lag, so it just came out of the blue. Like, hey, I, I was I was shocked because I don't have the TV near me, so I'm not fancy like yeah, you. You're guys. lagging again. Sorry. I have my back to the TV. I have to do the, you know. I'm trying to follow along on coordination.com and the uh, opening night draft thread, but I'm even behind on that. So, um, so anyway, Joe Burrow, number one. That's the only draft pick that I am aware of because after that, I turned on Scooby-Doo for my boy and went upstairs to shower. So, want to fill me in, anybody? You didn't hear about the Steelers putting away all their picks? Steel, oh, I knew I knew they didn't even have a first what? round uh, pick. No, they traded uh, they traded away all their other picks to get into the first round. No, I didn't know that. Nah, I'm just kidding. Okay, that's fine. Well, you've got you've got uh, the Iowa big huge tackle. What's his name? Tris, Tristan Works. He's good. Works. That's He's it. He didn't, he hasn't been drafted yet. Uh, Tua got drafted you know, in the top five, and uh, who's the other quarterback that was ahead of Tua? Come on. Justin, uh, just Herbert. Herbert. I think Herbert's going to be a bust in the NFL. I think they all go to these shitty teams and they get killed. Yep. I mean, I really watch, loved watching Joe Burrows play. I loved watching LSU play, mostly because Alabama didn't win and, and Clemson didn't win either. So we had a new champion, but uh, watching Joe Burrow was fun, but you know damn well they're going to take that guy as a first-round draft pick and make him be a starter behind a team that, what, they won two games last year, right? Yeah, they they were pretty damn bad. That's ill-prepared to protect him. You, know, you kind of you look at these teams, you go, God, I really like that guy, and now his life is – he's made his life dream come true, and then a year he'll be like a crippled old man. Kind of like you? Yeah. Beat me to it, Ross. took me years to get here, man. Yeah. Well, you didn't play in NFL football. Down goalposts with Iowa State fans. You turn coat. I was turned up the sound on the wrong computer. 
You were trying to. You we're gonna have to pay for that. You know that, right? We're gonna have to pay for that audio. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You just you just put me in the poorhouse. You guys, you guys know that one at one point we requested a film from the NFL of Scott Frost. No, really? Tell yes. tell me tell me about that. Uh, when Scott, Fr- no. I can't remember when it was, but it was. I don't think it was. Well, it might have been when he became our head coach, but just just to see what would happen, I think Scott Frost carried the ball like once for a few seconds in the NFL. Yeah, on a fake punt. Yeah. Yeah. Three seconds of film would have cost us $5,000. Wow. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. From an organization that basically has a license to print money. Yeah. I'd say that's why they're the NFL, man. Yep, they own a day of the week. Sorry, God. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's a good point. By the way, whatever you do right now at 8.39, God's time on April 23rd, 2020, don't – because I, I was curious just to see if I could find it, so I typed in Google Scott Frost NFL. Yeah, there's not a uh, there's not a ton of you know things that are Scott Frost playing in the NFL. It's all – Scott Frost, infamous Joe Burrow quote, got him roasted. Scott Frost, infamous, you know, so it's a lot of that stuff. So, speaking of Frost, you know, when he was in the NFL, he didn't play the entire 2002 season because he got cut. And he came back to Nebraska to start on his Masters, was a GA. And um, the 02 Independence Bowl against Ole Miss was on ESPN uh, probably about a week ago. And sure enough, there's Scott Frost and uh, Jimmy Burrow. On the sideline next to each other, signaling in plays because uh, who was our secondary? Oh, uh, Frank forced George Darlington to retire before that full game. How do you know this shit is beyond me? You took it to oh, a dude. really dark place there, Hoss. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. One, that was like the first year I was a big Husker football fan. So that entire year going 7-7 seven and seven, it's just like burned into my memory. Yeah, we don't want to talk about mine because it wasn't a seven and seven season. I almost guarantee. <laughs> I um, I don't know where I was going with you that. Failed. Hmm. What what year was it? Oh four. No, it was oh six. No, we won the Big Twelve North that year. What? All right, so I have vivid memories. I believe the place is called Seven West. If it's not, I apologize. It's a bar in Shadron. And went up there with some friends and watched the Nebraska at USC game. The one where the USC. Yeah, the one where the USC kid got his uh, ankle turned around. Yeah. That was. Yep. Um, But yeah, I just. I don't know. Um, I I credit the uh, terrific. Uh, roommates that I had as, as far as turning me over to the, to the right side. Cause again, I, I told the story before. I just didn't, I, I didn't have an allegiance. I didn't have a team. Uh, I just, you know, I was, I was wandering in the desert and, uh, and friend of the show, Josh and, and everybody, uh, it, from that house, uh, they just, you know, they, it, through osmosis, they just brought me into the fold, and they didn't treat me like an outsider. And I think that's why uh, that would make that's what makes fan, uh, Nebraska fans the greatest fans in college football. That well, no- you know, I'm sure there's some times where you feel like wanting to kick them all in the balls for making you a Nebraska fan because we're all tortured souls. Unlike John, who's known nothing, who knew nothing but great things for the better part of forty years. You know, Greg, you and I have been wandering in the wilderness. Ever since becoming fans, but I'll, I'll say this though: um, it's just going to make. I wouldn't have it any other way. I, it, it's going to make when when Nebraska uh, returns to the pinnacle uh, of the sport, it which will happen. I do believe uh, it's just going to make it that much sweeter for us who who've never tasted, uh, you know, the top of the mountain. So I'm going to cry tears of joy when that happens. Guaranteed. Well, we were talking about, you know, we, we were joking a couple of years ago, be like, all right, Indianapolis or New Orleans or wherever the hell that 2020 game was going to be. <laughs> yes. Do we want to, do we want to extend our, no, I, said, uh, I said, I said the 2022 to the 2021 season. Yeah. Okay. Well, and damn, that seems even further away from happening than it did two years ago. John, when do you think Nebraska returns to uh, the college football playoffs? 
2023. I, I have a feeling John's doing that just to be like uh, Price is Right closest without going over. One dollar, Bob. Two dollars, Bob. Well, you know, it's, I'm 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 a low set your expectations low, deliver high kind of guy. I'm under I'm promise and over deliver. Yeah, exactly. How it is in my house every opportunity I get. Like, honey, I'm, I'm, never mind. I got it. What? By the way, they. John, I think your watching of the draft is affecting our connection. They, just they so just you know. a bathroom. <laughs> is it? Did you just say they just had a bathroom break? Uh, no. no uh, is legitimately wearing a bathrobe. Okay, is it any better now? Yeah, it, so what you're saying is whoever is on the ESPN right now is the John Johnston of the group? Be like, John Johnston. <laughs> it's, not red bu- it's not red buffalo plaid. <laughs> John Johnston was rocking uh, bathrobes on, on uh, internet communications before it was cool. Just uh, that's, yeah, a long, right. ha- that's a long hashtag, but uh, I feel like it should, be, it should be worth it. I'm going to come up with my own Jedi name. It's going to be Darth, called Darth, Darth Johnston. That's too easy. I mean, they don't. They don't use that. I mean, it was what was it? Uh, Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader, and you know what I mean. They don't use it. That name's not even close. John Sith Darius. I, that's okay. I, you know, you could go that. Uh, how about John Grumpy Pants? Never mind. That was so bad. Everybody just froze the connection. Uh, so we do have some other news and notes to talk about uh, that. John the Defiler. That is pretty accurate. Um, some other news and notes that you can follow up on. Uh, just thought we'd spend a few minutes talking about it. I do have uh, one topic that I'm excited to talk about because it's going to be some fun. We'll do that after the break. But uh, Nebraska ball lost two more uh, players uh, in since last we got together. First, it was Charlie Easley, you know, the local kid, walk-on, who got a scholarship, and he said, no, I'm going to go to South Dakota or South Dakota State. It doesn't matter. And then Nate McHugh's favorite, Kevin Cross, is also leaving. And, Haas, I don't know how much you follow Nebraska ball, but I know, John, this uh, – I thought it, Kevin Cross showed a lot of good prompts. He he definitely improved, I think, as the as the season went on. I think if Nate were here, he'd probably argue that um, – he just needed to get his ass into a weight room. He needed to play some defense, too. Yeah, that too. John, I mean, does the, the, it say, eight transfers. Does it say anything about Hoiberg? I mean, these are guys that he brought in, and, and they lasted a year. Um, he might be calling the herd. Is it? Is this yeah, going to be? It, he it, might be. I mean, we do have even better players coming in from what my understanding is, but – it also seems like we'll be starting over the pretty much a really new roster. I mean, we'll have more people returning, but you know. Well, say, I don't mean to compare it to like Creighton's situation with having two guys declare for the draft and then having a guy transfer out, but you're seeing a lot of attrition and a lot of different college basketball programs right now. Is this going to be a? a situation where you think they are, you know, improved through attrition and uh, piggyback that with my next question. It's not going to be like it was last summer. These guys, because everything going on and because you probably only get to do this once in a lifetime, they're not going to be able to hop in a jet and go to Italy and spend a few weeks, you know, playing abroad uh, in, in Italy like they did last summer. Uh, which I enjoyed watching that on uh, or uh, big 10 networks, the journey, I think it was, um, but it, I mean, I know that there were, there are a lot of high hopes for the players who, uh, were not eligible or redshirted this past year, but it just seems to me that, you know, was Hoiberg, was it all by design? And I guess without him being here to talk to us about it, was he bringing guys in for a one year patch just to, you know, be able to put a, a team on the court? And, and shuffle those guys in and out. Well, I think he probably brought in guys he could get in the first year immediately just to have a basketball team. 
I mean, that's speculation on my part, but you've also seen, you know, Deshaun Burke uh, left and transferred supposedly to South Alabama. And now you see this past week where he's declaring for the the NBA draft. So, you know, Cam Mack did the same thing where he's transferring and then he's thinking he's going to the draft and then he deletes that tweet and then he puts it back out. So, you know, he's maybe guys that uh, he got because he could just get them in here. Um, And then, you know, I mean, put it this way. I don't think anybody at Purdue in their wildest dreams thought Harms, Matt Harms would transfer and he transferred to BYU. I mean, that's a guy that was central to Purdue basketball for what, the last two, three years? Yeah. So, you know, I, and I got, I saw, you know, I know Travis Miller who runs our Purdue site. And I mean, he was just freaked out completely by that. So I, I, this isn't just Nebraska, you know, having eight players transfer is a little wild, but oh, I guess we'll see. I still, I still believe that Fred Hoiberg is the right coach for us. I still think there's a lot of promise in his coaching and the way he's going to put together a team. I still think we have good players coming in. It's just, you know, um, with everything going on, I think that, and I've said this before, some players might want to be closer to home. Uh, Clemson lost one of the top football players in the nation as a recruit because he's from California and he decided that he didn't want to go to Clemson all the way across the country. So, you know, our way of life is being thrown up in the air. We don't know what it's going to look like when it comes back down again. So uh, who knows? We have often talked, you know, and I've often said, you know, commit letter of intent. You know, I don't know if I consider them a Husker until they're on campus. Um, Is there, they take, they sign the letter of intent, but that doesn't, legally bind them right so i mean if if a kid signed in february or even december before you know all, all this uh you know pandemic stuff started he's able to like hey look you know what uh, i gotta be here closer to my family i'd rather do it now rather than be on campus for six you know months or whatever and then and then leave is he able to opt out of that do, do you guys know how what, what the rules are on that or are they making up new rules as as we go through all this well it used to be binding yeah, but that's what I thought. So much has changed in the past seven, eight years that I'm not familiar with the rules. It's still binding. Still binding. I mean, let's, let's face it. The NCAA changing rules and making up rules as we go is like turning an aircraft carrier around in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Right? They could say, hey, we're going to turn the aircraft carrier around, but it'll still take them shit tons of time to do it. You know what I mean? They're a bureaucracy. They don't make decisions fast. Mm-hmm. What bureaucracies do. Um, Speaking of the NCAA, though, did you see that they legalized the use of the number zero on football jerseys uh, hmm. as a uniform number? Like double zero or single zero? No, j- single zero. Interesting. Yeah. I, did, I was not aware this was a thing. But yeah, I read that the other day because they were having problems with you know duplicate numbers. Uh, maybe offense, we don't defense special teams, and then they talked about how they have an issue with not in you know players want single digit numbers, and there's not you know there's only nine of them, so they they went ahead and authorized you can have the number zero. Well, it's only a matter of time. Then if we're doing zero, it's only a matter of time until you go to negative one, negative two. Negative one. Yeah, just give that to a player who's a total net negative out there on the field. Aww. Any anybody in mind, Hoss? Hoss? I'm not. Good. I'm not going to disclose that publicly. I mean, you know, you you want to tell that joke hurt me physically. <laughs> what? Because they could hurt me physically. It just did hurt. John John's John's hurting because I I, I said negative one as a, as a number option. Um, you know, I, I, you, I, you know what's funny I, is that I didn't even have a single player in mind when I said that. It was just, you know, it'd be a great coaching point, you know, in a fall practice, you know, when somebody's not getting something right. <laughs> some yeah. guys get black shirts. You wear negative one. Exactly. Somebody, some guys get black shirts. Some guys get negative numbers. Yeah. And if you want the black shirt, you're going to have to dig your way up to uh, beyond zero. Okay. Uh, 
I want you to know that I turned the NFL draft off and I was excited for one thing. And wow. that was what Desmond Howard's next album would be after the Jimi Hendrix experience, because <laughs> everything else in the NFL draft is like, uh, Oh my God. Do, do we need, this is all right. I know this is antithetical to, you know, the, a sports talk podcast, but, do we need as much pomp and circumstance for the draft? I mean, baseball draft doesn't. Get, but I mean, I, it is. It is. You know, some some lives Does are going to be. Baseball own a day of the week. No, they own 162 days out of the year. Oh God! Yeah, about 81 games too many. Oh come on now, Hoss. Plus, don't they have like 243 rounds of baseball draft? Yeah, I think it, that's an accurate number. It goes on for a while, um, but. And and again, I you know I made a point. I wanted I sat down. I was gonna, I watched the you know up until the first uh, you know select the you know Joe Burrow was selected, and then I turned it off when they mentioned Nebraska and Scott Frost. Like I'm sure a lot of Husker fans did. Um, but I I don't know it, like it. And again, I I hope I'm not being hypocritical to what I was saying because this is a welcome distraction. It gives us something to talk about. Uh, it gives all of your sports talk you know, radio shows something to talk about. And it is a little slice of normalcy in these quote unquote uncertain times. But I don't know if we need I hear to, one more commercial with that. <laughs> but I, I just, again, I, I just GMC, don't he's uncertain. Times. Right. But I, I just don't know if we need to see inside eight different talking heads homes. You know, I, I guess that's my point. And they're all, their setups all look the same. Right. Book yes, shot, we do. A picture frame and some knickknacks. I think Kurt, Kurt Warner's Kurt Warner setup is my favorite because it's got his Hall of Fame bust. Yeah. It's got a uh, Super Bowl trophy. It's got uh, a, another impressive trophy. Um, so that, that, it's, it's like their their homes all looking the same. It's like their universal love for Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> okay, Cliff Klingsbury's was so far above everybody else. I don't even think he's on Earth. No. He's like in a cloud city somewhere. Probably. So I think, Probably, you know, I, I guess think, that's Scottsdale, Arizona. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, I have another, what I hope is a fun topic that I'm going to, a fun question that I'm going to bring up to uh, John and Haas. It's something I've been thinking about a little too much because I have nothing else. How many else. other can we come up with before coronavirus? No. But it is probably an end result, uh, at least in my brain, of the coronavirus and not having any, you know, hockey to watch or baseball to watch or, uh, you know, anything really meaningful. So it's a fun one. We're going to talk about it when we take this, after we take this quick time out on the Five Heart Podcast. Okay. I'll call you guys right back. Hello and welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko, Haas Reuter, John Dam Johnston. We took a quick break. Everybody got some beverages. John got some non-alcoholic water. Hoss got some non-alcoholic water. Probably maybe a protein. Alcoholic drink. water? Because, man, that would be the shit. <laughs> Just water. And uh, I'm the only one who stepped up to the plate with a beverage, a man soda. It's from one of Hoss's favorite breweries, actually. And it's not in Golden, Colorado. Where's it from? It's from a, a little place uh, in Shiner, Texas. Ah, uh, Shiner. Now, it's not a Bach or a Blonde. I found this. I've had this before in a Shiner sample pack, variety pack, and I enjoyed the crap out of it. I'm a big fan of the Shiner's holiday cheer that they have during Christmas time. It's their Christmas beer. But this one is Shiner's prickly pear oh i've had that before that's good it is very good and uh i was telling the guys in the break because john's like no i opted to save my money which i don't know why if the world's coming to an end get every damn beer you can john um but i said oh well i got free beer so the story behind how i acquired free beer because let's face it i'm not you know, an attractive lady at a bar. Nobody's buying me drinks or anything like that. I went into the store a couple of days ago. I got a 
two six packs. I got this uh, Shiner Prickly Pear, and I got a uh, New Belgium Fat Tire. And I turned around, and those were cold. And I turned around on the, you know, like the room temperature shelf or whatever you want to call it, not in the cooler. And I saw it was a four pack of a Canadian ale that I'd heard of years ago, but had never tried. So I said, "Well, shit, I'm gonna try it." It's a, uh, I kind of got unique artwork in that it's Canadian pioneers, I guess, rowboating in the sky, it or, or canoeing in the sky. It's a uh, there's a, apparently a myth or a legend behind it. I can't remember it. It's on the box. The box is not in front of me, so I'm no good to you in that regard. So I take the three cases up to uh, the uh, counter, and the guy behind us says, uh, he's like, I don't need to see. He said, like, I already know the prices. He said, if you like that one, talking about this Canadian ale, um, he says, if you like it, enjoy it. If if you don't like it, just you know throw it away. But he, he's like, I'm not going to charge you for it. I was like, all right, uh, who doesn't like four free beers, right? It's a little four-pack. He said that it's got an extended life, um, but I guess it was a little bit past its date. And, and he said, I'm not going to charge you for it. I said, that's fine. I said, just so happens my favorite type of beer is free beer. Um, it's also 8% alcohol by volume, so it's going to be a fun Friday night at, at Greg's house. Man, wow. you're going to get fucked up. 8% ABV. The only way I get free beer is stealing it. I thought you were going to say, like, making your own. It's like you made your own whiskey back during the, the Prohibition. Well, we had to. There wasn't any available. I mean, you, people buy stuff, and they just kind of haphazardly leave it laying around, and it just happens to disappear sometimes, you know? John, what's it like mm-hmm. to make your own uh, prison toilet gin? Well, it makes you appreciate all the actual <laughs> real gin that's made by people. Uh, but if, all right, so if you get it your... right, fuck you up just the same. Oh, before, all right, Greg. So, what's your idea? So that you want to bounce off. Before we get that, I, I did want to talk a little bit about Huskers in the draft. Uh, who, as it is, you know, the night or the morning after, you know, as people are listening to this, it's Friday morning. Hopefully, uh, so the first round is in the books. Who do we see, and, and by the way, uh, we had some great player profile, draft profiles up on coordination.com. Uh, if you haven't, uh, please check them out if you haven't done so already. But who do we see being drafted from this uh, Nebraska Cornhusker class? Lamar Jackson, the Davis Twins, Darian Daniels. So you think all all will be drafted? I think at least two out of those four. I know I was, I think, over in, in the season, throughout the season, I was most impressed. I think Lamar Jackson's the shirt I met. I don't disagree with you. Um, do you have a place where you would like him to land or think he'll land? We'll follow the draft. All that leads up to it, um, like I do most years. So, I don't know. Defense, probably a defense that likes to run a lot of press man coverage. You know, he's a long and athletic cover corner. He's not afraid to come up and run support. So I could see maybe like a, uh, like a New England or maybe like the New Orleans Saints. It, it does amaze me because if you go back midway through Scott Frost's first year, we all knew that the ability was there, I think, with Lamar Jackson, but it took him a little bit of time to buy in to that new, the new system, new way of doing things. And, and ever since I think he had that moment of, of clarity, he's been very solid and and very consistent. And uh, I, I hope, you know, wherever he lands, he has, you know, a a long and healthy career. Um, I think if you go back to the 2019 season up front on the defensive side, Darian Daniels was the most impressive. But when you look at the combine numbers, those Davis twins, they were just, they were hoofing it in the 40. Uh, you know, I know that playing defensive lines more than a 40 yard dash, but it does show in Haas, uh, if I'm wrong on any of my interpretations, please correct me because you are the X's and O's guru, but it does show, you know, quick feet, and the ability to move big bodies, and uh, and I believe they also did some good stuff, uh, you know, on on the bench press as well. So 
Nebraska had, you know, in in a, in the span of a couple of years, you know, Randy Gregory went as a pass rush or, you know, a rush end. Vincent Valentine went, of course, uh, uh, won a Super Bowl. And Malik Collins. Malik Collins as well uh, to, I think, Detroit. No, he got drafted by Dallas. Dallas, okay. All right. So there's been a little bit of history with defensive linemen, uh, you know, here in the last, you know, recent memory, uh, making making some waves in the draft. But, um, you know, just break down just, you know, the if you can here, you know, summarize, I suppose, uh, you know, Darian Daniels, what, what he can – bring to a defense and then the, then the Davis boys. Gotta be you. Know, <laughs> I, I know. Um, Darian Daniels just, you know, he's, he's solid nose guard. It took him a little bit of time to get acclimated to the big 10 style. By the end of the year, he was playing pretty well. Um, the Davis twins, there's no denying that they're athletic. You know, they're great track athletes in high school, ran track at Nebraska. If you're going to throw the shot put of the discus as far as they do, you're an explosive athlete. But you never saw that explosive, explosive athleticism really put on display on the football field. Um, they were solid players. I think that they'll probably have, you know, a journeyman type of NFL career. But when they ran their 40, you know, and at the combine, they did some good work on the bench press. I was kind of sitting there going, man, like I, I knew they were athletic, but never really saw that athleticism at, during their time at Nebraska. Do you think part of it is those guys, the Davis twins were brought in in a uh, 4-3, and then everything kind of shifted, but they're essentially interior linemen who kind of got forced out of that position, especially when they're, they're, they're built. But they're built for the three four. Um, I think it's more of an issue of just the constant change of they have you know three defensive coordinators sure. in four years here, five years to the redshirt. A uh, lo- lot of different position coaches. They have Hank Hughes, John Perella, Mike Dawson, Tony Tuioti. Um, that's a lot of changeover in terms of you know the instructional leadership from a position coach standpoint, the philosophy of the defense, how technique is taught, what different techniques are called, just overall coaching styles. So, you know, that's really probably where their athleticism not really being seen on the field during their time in Nebraska comes into play. They just never had the opportunity to put it all together and showcase it because of, you know, the constant state of change that they spent their careers in. And, and Daniels coming in in their senior year for his, you know, grad transfer year, kind of put them, you know, instead of being 1A, 1B on the depth chart, kind of moved them down a notch as well. So it's kind of uh, diminished some of their snaps. Yeah. Um, well, you saw a lot of change up with them. I, I can't remember if it was Carlos or Khalil who got moved from those to an end spot and Darian Daniels took over at that spot. And, uh, but in 2018, it was kind of the same thing. Those guys didn't play a whole lot of nose because we had Mick Stoltenberg at the position and Peyton Newell. And then Damian Daniels, Darian's younger brother, was starting to emerge at the end of the 2018 season. So just if you could encapsulate their careers, it would just be a lot of, a lot of change. And that's hard to get, you know, good to be on good footing to have a productive career when you're dealing with that much uncertainty. So one of the things that could really benefit the two of them, uh, John would be, you know, getting into, you know, uh, uh, getting picked up by a team that offers some stability. So you, you have, you, you don't have as much coach, uh, you know, position coach or coordinator turnover. Uh, you can, you know, kind of get into a system and hopefully, you know, um, uh, grow into a blossom from there. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, John. Uh, I, it, shows, uh, it shows how much I paid attention to the NFL, but, you know, I, I mean, you know, the, the NFL just seems to stay the same largely year after year. I mean, the good teams remain. It's not unlike college football in some ways where you have teams that are 
they're just at the top of their game and um, and they're run by good management and they seem to do well year after year, you know. Well, and yes and no. Like, like half like I don't know, Ohio, all the teams in Ohio maybe or like what the hell is the deal Detroit, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know and and the only um example that I can offer to refute that is uh you know the 2000 I don't know. I don't know if you call it the 2020 or the 20, whatever. The Kansas City Chiefs won in the Super Bowl, uh, but you got to go back two years ago. They were a steaming pile of dung, and uh, you know they, nobody was talking about the Chiefs. They made the playoffs for how many years in a row? I don't. Not that many. Uh, every year since 2014. No, they come yeah. on now. Yeah, probably not. Hey fella, yep. I'm just kidding. Yep. I don't follow. I don't follow the Chiefs. How am I supposed yeah, to know yeah. these things? You, know, you follow that piss. Well, you start talking about the NFL. Black. Well, real... that piss yellow and black team that has the same colors as Iowa. Uh, no, black and gold, sir. Uh, how dare you? How dare you? I mean, let's look at, for example, who owns the the Raiders, right? Davis, Mark Davis. Yeah, it's the same family. The same thing. It's the same way that they've always done things. I mean, they drafted a wide receiver in the first round, and people are still out there on tweet on Twitter making jokes about Al Davis waking up from the dead, finding out he runs a four two seven forty. Because if you remember, like Al what Davis, happened with Baby in Washington getting drafted, yeah, by the Raiders. So you know, I mean, a lot of these things stay the same. You kind of, I you know, I kind of look at the NFL, and I I pay attention to the the Norris division in the NFL, the NFC North. And that's pretty much about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you pretty much have had green Bay spent about 30 years being shitty and horrible until they figured out to draft. They found Brett Favre, you know, and then they've been a powerhouse or a really good team since then. Overall, mm-hmm. you know, the Vikings are the same team. They are year after year. They are this team that's always like one play away from a really great team, and except that they're not. So that's how they act, and that doesn't even matter who owns them. It's like it's like it's engraved in the culture of the team, you know. And, and so you go back and you look at you know the Daniels, uh, Daniels and the Davis twins, and the turnover and the change. Uh, I don't. It, I always think it, it's really weird that you know managers and owners bring these coaches in and you know they fire them in two years and i don't know it no it's funny that you mentioned that you know uh being one play away or or you know one player away uh i was you know the espn 101 espn in st louis i, I believe that it was a stalter and rivers in the midday they were talking about how some nfl teams will mortgage their future because they think erroneously that they're one player away from having it all. Uh, and I think they use the Atlanta Falcons as the example, you know, from when the Falcons lost uh, the Super Bowl a few years ago. Like if we just had, you know, this you know, one extra guy or, you know, something like that, or, you know, this one missing piece, uh, and then they sell out in the draft for that one, you know, component, and they don't have any real foundation to build on. Um, real quick before we get to the fun topic, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on uh, the changes in colors from a couple of New England players to Tampa Bay. I'm not going to mention their names; it's not worth my time. Um, but wow. a lot of built-in anger there. Well, I'll, okay, I'll say this: I'll say this. Uh, one of them is a WWE champion. <laughs> Bet you didn't know that. I think Tampa's going to be explosive this year. You know, they have a good head coach in Bruce Arians. Tom Brady, O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans. Um, they need a running back, but they're going to be good. And then defensively, you got Ndamukong Sue and Levante Davids. So. Is this going to be uh, Sue and Davids? I guess not. maybe not Sue because he played on NFL or a Super Bowl contending team a couple years ago. But is this, this is probably going to be David's best chance at, at a championship. This upcoming year, would you uh, guess? Oh, oh yeah, because Tampa hasn't Tampa hasn't been in the playoffs since '07. You know, a long time. I and think no one in the NFL knows. NFL fans really don't even know who Devontae David is, and he's putting together some of the best statistical seasons at the position ever. Yeah, you know, 
He just plays on a team that's not a contender. But they're going to be very, very good this year. I think because of all that Tampa Bay is willing to do for you know Brady for you know to acquire Gronkowski, all these other acquisitions, that if they don't win the Super Bowl next year, hear me out. If Tampa Bay does not win the next Super Bowl, they have to revert back to their bright orange color uniforms forever. <laughs> forever. Forever. I love them. Uh, they're they're pretty I red. Love those Why, who hurts you with regards to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Oh, uh, the, the Tampa Bay the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do not uh, bother me. I just don't like. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Like guys who play for New England. Uh, I I don't I don't care for them. I they uh. That means that means that he doesn't like the Lord Xavier Rex Burkett. Can't refute that. And I and I. All right. So what's the fun? <laughs> thanks for thanks for bailing me out, Hoss. Um, what's the fun topic? <laughs> yeah. I hope it's fun. I hope that I'm not. I would just like to say I would like to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl next year because I love on Dominican Sue. I love watching him play for us, and I would like him to win a Super Bowl. I really don't. I'm a Green Bay pack. I'm not so angry, pitifully envious of other teams, you know, that I get angry that when teams that I don't cheer for are not good, unlike some people that are flipping me off on Zoom. <laughs> uh, I think if the Tampa Bay, you know, Florida needs something good to happen to it or something, doesn't it? This, Besides being Florida yeah. man all the time. All they got is hurricane meth and alligators. So, yeah, something good happened. And old people. Yeah. All right. So I did tip you guys off to this topic uh, earlier in the week uh, because John asked about it because he's old and wanted to be a little prepared. Uh, and the question is like this. We know that there are a couple of uh, teams, university, you know, college football teams that have gimmicked up their football field. Boise State, Eastern Washington come to mind with, you know, Boise State with the the blue turf, uh, Eastern Washington, which is, Haas, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, division, no, that's FBS or, or FCS, I believe, right? Red. No, FCS. FCS, FCS with, yes. with the red Formerly turf. Division um, yes. And there is a, a school. Eastern Michigan has the gray turf. And there's a school uh, local to me. Lindenwood University Belleville that has uh, alternating every, I guess it's five yards, maybe 10, but it's uh, maroon and gray, maroon, gray, maroon, and gray. It looks like a drunk candy cane. So the question was to you guys, which Big Ten team do you think would be the first? Not good, Bob. What? What's not good? No, the field at Linden, whatever. Linden. No, it's it's not. It, it looks hideous. Um, but what what Big Ten team do you think would be the first to roll out some gimmick turf to uh, just try to be different, to try to be, you know, I don't know, put butts in the seats or whatever? I have a couple ideas, but I'd like to hear from you guys. Iowa. <laughs> Iowa paint their field black and then they'll call it a tradition and say they've always done it just like their way. (laughs) (laughs) I've got some Rutgers. I would go to Wisconsin. I think they should put an outline of a giant bratwurst on the field. So we can all refer to it as penis field. (laughs) Penis field, the camp Randall stadium. For for whatever reason, the second topic. The, the second you started talking, I knew you were going to go somewhere with a phallic object. <laughs> All right. So I've got two. And one's I think will look cooler, but is far less reasonable than the other. Um, the first one is Minnesota. I think they would be – to when, when uh, the row your boat starts to, uh, you know, take on water – I think that they might start to find out another way to, 
you know, get the get the crowd pumped up, and I think they might try to do that through some field, you know, on on the field gimmick as far as you know, like, all right, let's roll out a new turf that's all maroon and gold or something like that. Uh, John, correct me if I'm wrong. That is a that's a turf field. It's not grass, correct? Correct. Okay, so that's one. PJ Flex heated. Hmm. Oh, it's heated. Yeah. La di da. That that we'll call that PJ Flex last gasp uh, in. In Minnesota, the other one, I just think that the visuals of this would be pretty cool. Penn State is, you know, famous for their whiteouts. And what if they had a white field to go with it? Mm-hmm. With uh, their na- I, navy or whatever uh, stripes and numbers? I actually think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and then they'd uh, play with all yeah. white uniforns. That's right. Fucking thing. Yep, just like 1982. Right. Down. You know what it'd be good for is night photography. <laughs> that would, that's a terrible. Anyway, I uh, I think Minnesota should put Goldie Gopher's head, a, a giant Goldie Gopher head, on their turf. I think because I do. I do think, I do think that Goldie Gopher is one of the best mascots in in all of sports. I would love to see Nebraska do that with the old school Herbie. I would love to see Nebraska put Goldie Gopher's head on a pike. Yes. And that needs to happen this year wow. after the monstrosity. What? Rutgers, Rutgers, you know what they should do? Quit football? You just put like the outline of a, of a, I don't know, a trash heap in the middle of their field. I thought you were going to say the face of Tony Soprano in mm. the middle of their field. Here we go. If they put a trash out there, then everybody would feel yeah, like they Jersey. were at home. <laughs> Terrible. Tell you what, if if you want to, if you want to, you know, keep action off a of midfield at Rutgers, you put the Jersey Shore cast on. You know, you you, you paint them onto the turf. You got like. I don't know any of their names. Um, Haas, help me out. You're younger than me. Who are those Jersey Never Shore watched. kids? Never watched it. Snooky. Why is it that the oldest man here knows who the hell the Jersey Shore people are? Because uh, it was all over the place. I don't know why. <laughs> all right. So uh, since you mentioned uh, Snooky, uh, years ago I went to a WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, this was years ago. And it was at the time Haas may or may not remember or admit uh, to remembering when they had like the special guest or raw guest, you know, commissioners or whatever. And Snooki was the guest in, of all places, St. Louis, Missouri, not like in her home state of New Jersey, but in St. Louis, she was like a special guest. And yeah, the crowd kind of uh, let her know in in a, a booing form what they thought of the Jersey Shore television show. That's a fun little subplot. Did you throw trash at the squared circle while she was on there? I did not. I was sitting too far away. It's not really my style to litter anyway. So, okay. okay. To right. litter. To litter. <laughs> um, anything else do we have? Any other? All right. So I do have this unrelated question. Uh, the Big Ten had a couple of prime running backs in the draft, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor. Have any of them been selected yet so far? I don't think so. No. That's kind of surprising. I mean, well, no, it isn't. I mean, running backs just get the hell beat out of them in the NFL. And, uh, Jonathan Taylor a lot of mileage. Yeah. Not a whole lot of tread left on those tires. I don't I don't think you're, you're not going to win in a Super Bowl because of a running back, right? No. I mean, look at the Chiefs last year. Leading rusher Damian Williams, four hundred and ninety-eight yards. Yeah, that's just depressing. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, I think we've had just about enough fun for one night. I appreciate you all greatly, and uh, to all of you out there listening, be it at home, at work, in the car, on the bike, on a walk. Thanks for taking us with you, making us part of your day, your night, your weekend, your weekly tradition. 
We are the Coronation's uh, Coronation's number one premier podcast, the Five Heart Podcast, and we are available on most of your favorite uh, podcast platforms. We encourage you, if you like what we're doing here, share it with your friends. Let your other Husker fan friends know what's going on in case they're not already uh, hip to the Five Heart Podcast. For Hoss Reuter, for our fearless leader and founder, John Dam Johnston, my name is Greg Mahochko, reminding you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red. Win the damn off season. <laughs>